Welcome to the Chair 2 Leaders Podcast with your hosts, Danny Smith and Ben South. If you lead from the second chair or you work with those who do, this is a place for you. We're glad you're here for conversations about the church, ministry, life, and how we can serve better for God's kingdom. Well, welcome back to another episode of Chair 2 Leaders. Glad you're listening in this week. I am Ben South, and my good friend Danny Smith is here with us. Danny, how are you today? Hey, Ben, I am doing well. Man, enjoying uh, just another great day and busy times, and it's just uh, all's good. So just recently, we went through the time change weekend again. Did y'all, do y'all still do that out in Mountain Time? Yeah, where we're at, uh, I think it's Arizona that's the one that. <laughs> yeah, is there the are a couple of states that don't of our do fifty it. state so union. You, we have that. <laughs> There's a couple, but no, Wyoming is. Uh, it's very independent, but they follow suit when it comes. So, to time so change. at least you're you're doing that. You're with the rest of the world. The, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of time change. Are you? Listen, you know I'm not, and I I told my wife this the other day that uh, one of the ways I know I'm getting a little bit older is time changes. They just bother me. Like it messes my sleep up. It messes my routine up. Now I do, I will say I do like not having darkness at five 30. I do like that. Oh, see, that's my favorite but part. I, like yeah. I just, five somebody needs, somebody needs to choose something to stay with. So. <laughs> at five o'clock it's dark. It means we can go to bed. I love it. Yeah. I love it gets dark early. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I very quickly could turn into wearing pajamas all the time. <laughs> And so, yeah, when it gets dark at 5.30, oh my goodness, I'm all but wearing the Rip Van Winkle hat and everything else. And, uh, but yeah, it's crazy because I guess I just never thought of it before, but, uh, and, and I guess there's maybe some debate out there about whether to actually, uh, do away with these things. And so I, that would, I don't know, that would I be very strange. Is, you know, the Senate passed a bill that. I think they passed it unanimously to end time change. And I think 2023 and sometime like that, and just go to the daylight savings time year round. I could get more on board with that if they switched to the standard time all around, because I just, I'll, I hate the dark right. mornings. It it's, makes it harder for me to get up and get going. And I don't really care for the evenings and it's, you know, the, it's the same amount of daylight, no matter when it is, just get up earlier if you want more daylight. So yeah. I, I don't know. I think that's exactly when they right. started that. It made sense why. So there'd be more evening hours for working outside and the farm. Sure, I don't know sure. that it's necessary anymore. I mean, we've got lighted ball fields. We've got, you know, everything we do, we can light it up Absolutely. if we need to do it that yeah. late in the evening. So I don't know. I, I think they ought to just take it that's and right. put it, just cut the difference in half and just move it 30 minutes and then just leave it. You know, I saw a really funny meme that said, hey, if we're going to end this thing, can we at least get one more fall backwards, fall backwards where we get the extra hour of sleep? Yeah. So can we get one more extra hour of sleep before you change this thing? And I think that's pretty funny. And now, are you the kind that uh, because you maybe can't change the uh, time in your car or on your oven that it just stays through to time change? I'm going to confess in my vehicle. It's, I didn't have to change it because I didn't change it the first Not uh, on the back in the, the microwave or the cars. I usually try to figure that out. I, every six months or so when we have to do it on the car, I always have to remember now, how do I do it? But the one I can't do is the security oh, system sure. at home. It's just off. It's just always off because ours is not 
one that automatically sets. And so it's just off half the year. So we just leave it and just know it's off because I don't know how to yeah. do it. All right. So if you're listening to this and you want to rob Ben, you know, <laughs> hey, to, I don't to have do much that. worth so, robbing. Anyway, that's so. funny. We, uh, well, I know I always joke around. Somebody broke in our house. They would be like, uh, let's we'll pay to have your glass fixed. We're <laughs> we sorry. Have we shouldn't have broken in your right. house. And so it's fun. You know, you know, this time change, I, I saw kind of another because there's a lot of people talking about it, you know, that depending on people's personality, what the if people are a morning person, then naturally they gravitate toward more light in the morning. If people are evening people, they gravitate to having more time at night. Again, like you said, it's all the same. But, you know, what about church members? What about church ministry? Uh, you know, as a pastor over these years, you, you just know when it's darker earlier, sometimes people aren't going to drive after dark. And so these things do tend to have just wide ranging uh, effect on things. And uh, so it is worth watching what the Senate does with something like this, because it has an effect not just personally, but. Yeah, we had a member well. who had was a member years ago and she came back recently and moved into the area and we'd seen her some on Sunday mornings and for a couple of special event type things, she said, well, as soon as daylight is later, uh, I'll be back on Wednesday nights for services on Wednesday night, but I can't get out to then because I don't drive at night. So there is that benefit actually to the time change for, for evening activities, especially for senior adults who don't drive at night. Mm. So maybe there, the savings time is a better way to go about it. I don't know. But so this time change thing, let's, let's talk about it from a ministry standpoint. When is it the time to do change? When is the right time to do change? And maybe that's a bad segue probably, but when it, when is it time to do that? And maybe we could talk about, you know, we've always done things this way. I mean, we've all grown up with daylight savings time and the back and forth, spring forward, fall back. I remember when I was younger, even that we had to set all our clocks. They didn't just automatically reset themselves during the day mm-hmm. or during the night. Um, but when is it time in our ministries maybe to stop doing things? It may be time to stop doing this daylight savings back and forth for time, but are there things in our ministry that we need to say, you know, there was a reason we did this when we started doing it. It was a good reason. It was a beneficial reason. It helped in ministry. But maybe that time has passed and now we're just doing it because that's what we've always done and all we know. So how do we talk, how do we, how do we approach ministries and say, you know, maybe the time has passed for us to do this and it's time to switch what we do. Just like maybe it's time to get rid of time change. Maybe there's some ministry focuses we uh, need to move beyond or move on from. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think there's a, I think that's a great thought to consider simply because we do uh, have to ask ourselves what are, you know, we've talked about this on podcasts scheduling and planning and calendar, um, what kind of demands are too much and all of this. And, you know, one thing I've been thinking through, and I had a conversation with a a fellow pastor um, recently about just this idea of permanence that seems to be in ministry. Uh, We feel like if we start something that it always has to go that way. We're just, you know, it's interesting, I think, as ministers, that we like to institute changes within our churches when they're necessary but when the tables are kind of turned on us, we don't always tend to be real flexible and change ourselves. So, yeah, I think change is one of those things that we struggle with altogether. But I, I wonder if it even speaks, uh, Ben, to something a little deeper than that of 
um, how much in our church should be permanent? I, I'm thinking of the Sunday night thing, right? You know, there for for many years there was a move away from Sunday night services, and many churches um, probably have done that. Um, other churches wear it as a badge of honor that they do have Sunday night services. Where I guess I fall more in this sense of in your context, in reaching people, is it more beneficial to make this change or to keep something in place? But is that something that that just has a rubber stamp that, hey, we decided not to do it, so therefore we'll never have it again, or we decided to keep it, so therefore we must always keep it? How often, you know, how often do we have to evaluate what stays in place and what needs to go? Even ourselves, you know, I had this conversation last summer of, hey, I could stay here at this church in Arkansas, or we can make this move to Wyoming. And again, there's a lot of spinning plates behind that, but I do think we we maybe take that one step back to go, what are things that we know we have to do regardless of early daylight or later daylight? What are these things that we have to do in order to make sure that people are discipled? and that the kingdom is built. And so, yeah, I think it it brings into perspective maybe that some of the things we are building and some of the things we are working towards, um, maybe they're not as important as we thought, and maybe there's a way to do it differently, uh, which is a whole loaded statement. But I do think uh, that idea of permanence has has kind of seeped in when really there are seasonal things that we need to kind of look at. Yeah, I, I think we we really have to always be looking at it. One of the things you asked at about was how how do we know when it's time? Well, I think part of that is we've got to constantly be evaluating our ministries. We must always be assessing, hey, is this accomplishing and doing what we intended for it to do? Um, so I don't. I think there the time to do that is constantly. I don't think there's, Hey, we need to do this quarterly. I think we just need to constantly be aware of what's going on and assessing and evaluating the ministry. I think that's one thing we probably should talk more about evaluation and ministry because we don't do that real well a lot of times. So, but we need to be evaluating it. So I think to know, is it time to move on? Is it time to change from this or time to stop doing something? A couple of things I just jotted down as I was thinking about it. I think, we need, it's time to move on and make a change if the reason for doing it no longer exists. Mm, uh, like yeah. our time change, you know, is the need to do that still there? I don't know if, that it is for the, like it was when they started time change. Well, this ministry that we're doing the Sunday nights, what were we doing with it? Were we doing youth and outreach? Are we doing discipleship? Well, are we still doing that? Or are we just repeating something else we're doing elsewhere in that by doing it here, we're we're depleting our resources to do it even better or well in another time or another um, opportunity. First, we've got to see, does the reason, whatever this ministry is or this thing that we're looking to change or asking should we change, does the reason it exists and the reason it was started, is it still there? Do we still have the reason for doing it? And the next question I think you have to ask is, is it accomplishing what it intended to accomplish. If we're having a 
midweek outreach for elementary school kids, and it's only six kids from our church coming. The ministry was begun to reach elementary kids as a mentoring type ministry or something, and yet we only have six of our own church member kids coming to that. It may still be good, but it may be time to move to something else if it's not accomplishing what it was originally intended to accomplish. So we need to to evaluate and look and say, hey, is it really doing what we think it's doing? If it's not, we either need to reframe the purpose of it or we need to make some change or stop doing it because it's not doing what it was intended to do. And I think the next question we need to ask is, has the culture changed? The culture of the community, the culture of the people in the church, has it changed such that what we're doing is no longer effectively reaching them? It's no longer at a time that works because community life changes. Maybe the work patterns of people in that community have changed. So does when we're meeting and what we're doing fit with the lifestyle and culture of the people in the congregation or in the community? Now, I'm not talking anything here about beliefs. We're not going to change what we believe, what Scripture teaches. This has nothing to do with the truths of Scripture. This is only about the methodology and how we do it. Because there's maybe some changes that need to happen. And so we need to look and say, uh, has the culture around us shifted such that what we're doing, while it was effective a year ago, five years ago, a decade or more ago, it's not really effective today because of ministry. And I think COVID taught us to be okay with change. It taught us to to a little bit be a little bit more honest when we evaluate things. What is essential? What do we have to do? How many of these things that we're doing, yeah, they're good things, but we maybe we don't have to do all of them. So I think the last question I came up with quick was can we do something or a ministry? either better or more effectively to accomplish the intended purpose. This may be a ministry that is going well. It may be reaching people. But the truth is, if we really invested in it, if we tweaked it, if we moved it to a different place or a time, we really could reach a whole lot more people. We could accomplish more of the intent with it. So I think when we when we get to these opportunities for change, we've got to ask these questions. Uh, is it doing what it was intended is it accomplishing it? Is the reason it was started still existent? Has the culture changed and could we do it better? Yeah, I think those questions really help us discern that 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 uh, sometimes that struggle we're in of constant evaluation but not able to enjoy. And so I've sat through meetings before where people go, now we originally started this. Well, how why did we start this? And nobody knows, you know, because the church started 80 years ago and 50 years into it, they decided to do something and they've morphed since then into other things. And so I think those questions really help highlight a very practical way to both evaluate and to enjoy, because when you know what you're doing and when you see what the culture around you is doing, and Ben, you hit it on the nail on the head. We're not talking beliefs. We're talking about function here. We're talking about how our church reaches out into our community and world. Um, and something you said that kind of spurred a thought too was learning to evaluate our culture um, is is more than just that you're on Twitter or Instagram or you watch 
TV is seeing those rhythms and the patterns of your city. So, for example, Ben, I noticed on uh, social media the other day that the town that you're in is bringing back sort of their well-known festival that they've had, but they haven't had it, I don't think, in two years because of COVID, or maybe they had a version of it last year. And just for fun, it's called Toad Suck Days, and that's legitimately what it's called. And so, but... Let's say that you as a church decided, man, we're going to do this massive outreach on whatever the Saturday of that event is. Well, you're not reading your culture real well around you, knowing that this is not just something going on in the city, but the city kind of shuts down for this particular thing. And so it's just being seeing the rhythms, seeing the the, the patterns in your city, your community. If, um, you know, with rising prices, now all of a sudden you're thinking, man, should we should we not take that trip to Six Flags? That's maybe a silly illustration. But yeah, I, th- I think those questions can provide a really good grid for that. Then my question would be, what is that line between evaluation and enjoyment when trying to make changes? And maybe there's no line, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I think we can get to a point where you are constantly just looking for ways to change and, and tweak and improve so much that you're lost in the moment that, or that you lose the moment and you forget to enjoy what God is doing in the here and now. So you don't want to be so focused on, hey, how do we make everything better that you you can't enjoy the ministry in the moment. Um, but I And I think you need to just kind of have one of those times when, hey, Maybe we just need to, let's get the big picture. Let's step back and take the big picture. And, and you don't need to be doing this constant hard evaluation every time you meet and do something. You do need some of those moments, but they don't have to be every week. Now, I think every week it's good to come back and say, okay, how did that go? What did we do? Is there something we could have been more sensitive to? Things we could have done better? Things we could have improved on? Is there a way to change from last week to this week that we could reach more people. But don't get so focused on constantly evaluating in the moment that you you lose the enjoyment and you even lose the ability to engage in the ministry there. And, and you probably would lose some of the ability to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit at the moment uh, if you're so worried about evaluating at the moment. But we, we I don't think we err on that side too much. I think we probably err on the side of we don't really ever evaluate. And we, we just kind of let it go and let it be what it is. And we just keep doing it because it's what we've always done. You know, Baptists don't change. We're both from the Baptist tradition. So, and historically, we just don't do change very well. Um, and even when it's the constant change of time change, we probably complain about that. But there are some times we need to change and we need to assess and say, hey, we've been doing it like this for 40, 50 years, maybe. Do we need to keep doing it? And the answer may legitimately be yes, we do. But we need to be honest and say, just because we've done it this way, just because people like it, doesn't always mean we need to keep doing it. Um, and that's part of leadership. And that's uh, it's a difficult part of leadership, too, because people don't like change. The, the truth is people don't change willingly unless the pain or the discomfort of staying the same becomes greater than the discomfort or pain of the change. So 
to get people to change, the staying the same has to become less uh, obvious, not obvious, but less uh, desirable than the change. And that's a challenge in leadership. And that's why we've always got to constantly looking and constantly looking at our culture, constantly looking at the people, constantly evaluating and, and looking to see what is the best way to move forward from here. You know, sometimes moving forward and evaluating means something that I have planned or maybe started with a vision in my heart. It's time to hand that off to somebody else. You know, it's time to say, hey, listen, you've run your course in this. You have planned this. You have led this. You have championed it and cheerleader. Been, how, how do you say cheerleaded it? Cheerleaded it? Anyway, you've been the cheerleader for it. <laughs> cheerled, Sometimes maybe. part of that evaluation. Cheerled, cheer, cheerled. I'm in over my head with that one. But yeah, there's times I think in that evaluation you where you go, hey, there are people who have been a part of this, who have grown with us in this, and it's time to let them run with this and to let the giftedness that God has given them. So part of what I think we we see happening when it's time to change, maybe it's not that we're doing away with an event. Maybe instead we're giving away our leadership in that particular activity, event, ministry, because God has raised up others. And, and really, that ought to be the goal of our discipleship is that that we're raising up people. Again, we have this idea that, you know, once you're in this role, that's your deal and you can't do anything else. And so I think sometimes the Lord is orchestrating things to move people around. I had a really hard conversation with someone years ago who they were kind of locked into this one ministry and some things were changing around them and they didn't necessarily want to go with these changes. And we asked the question of, have you ever considered serving in a different spot? And you would have thought I said, Hey, your mom is ugly, you know, and it's just this was, <laughs> they were just offended by the idea that, what do you mean? Why would I do something else? And again, there's a lot of wisdom and discernment here, but, but sometimes that evaluation is simply saying, Hey, I need to make sure that, that I'm not hogging this ministry, but I'm, I'm helping other people rise up and run with it. Now I'm here to just run alongside instead of lead the way. Yeah. And that's, that's part of learning to lead and allowing some of those, you know, allowing yourself to change and the ministry to change by you moving out of it. It's, it's a tough thing in leadership to hand things over, but it's a good thing. And I think when we look at well, how you, it's time to make some changes, maybe I'm the change that needs to happen sometimes. And you've lived that, Ben, at uh, at the church that you're at. You started in one role, and then years into that role, the Lord changed not only your heart, but moved you into a position, moved somebody else into the role that you had, and y'all have a very good working relationship, a lot of respect for one another, and it's not a, here's how I would do it, here's what I did. And so there is, again, the goal of discipleship and all this, that we're growing personally and that the people we are serving with are also growing. And who knows, I, I, you might just be the connecting point to get somebody where they need to be. And if you're not willing to make those changes, sometimes you may miss out on a lot of other great, great ministry. Well, speaking of changes, Ben, speaking of changes, well, I, you know, when when people hear this episode, we're going to have several weeks of a certain basketball tournament that's going to be complete. 
you know, it's usually at this point where I'm like, man, I'd like to make some changes to my bracket, but it's too late. So don't be too late in making changes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, 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 my bracket is shot. We're right in the middle. We're recording this right in the middle of NCAA basketball bracket time, and mine is shot. I've got one or two teams left. My champion team is still there. My Razorbacks are still there, but the rest of them, I there don't have go. any that are right. I wish who I had your, made some who changes. Who is your championship team? Who do you have? This year, I actually kind of a – I'm rooting for Duke to win it all. It's going to be difficult if Duke and Arkansas meet um, here in a few days. Um, I don't know what I'll do. I, I, it's Coach K's last year, so I think I'm, I'm rooting for him to win it and go out on a high note. There you go. I like it. Well, thanks for listening in to Chair Two Leaders this week. Glad to have you on the conversation. Make sure you like and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. That helps others find us as well. Have a great week, and we'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Chair Two Leaders. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates, and make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Chair Two Leaders wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.